welcome to the Schools and Academies Show podcast. This episode was recorded at the Schools and Academies Show in Birmingham on 13th and 14th November 2019. Don't forget to register for your free place at our upcoming show in London on www.schoolsandacademiesshow.co.uk. Right, good afternoon everyone. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Sorry if I gave you a bit of a shock. <laughs> I don't know how loud I am in the back. Is this all right? Good, okay. All right. <laughs> right, well, you might have more shocks this afternoon. I hope not. What we're hoping to do is take you through about 10 minutes of some of the things that you might or might not be doing in your own schools. Um, if, you, if you're happy to, give me a rough show of primary school, secondary, further, something else, other. Okay, so we've got a rough idea. We'll try and tailor it a little bit. And also, I want to try and leave 10 minutes, so ha almost half the session, for questions. They'll have to be short and sweet if you've got more than a few, but let's do what we can. So top tasks for telling families about data policies in schools and why it matters. Um, we've just finished writing a report for the Council of Europe, Depair Data Protection Committee 108, one of the um, global data protection legislations that's not just about GDPR. We've all had data protection legislation in the UK and around the world for many, many years. GDPR has actually changed very little. So if you're just coming to data protection and privacy as issues in schools, we might have some catch-up to do. There's some things have changed, but not a lot. Most of what you should be doing today is something we should have been doing since 1998, 1995, and long before. What does the day, day in the life of a child look like? It's one of the things we'll go through. We've put some flyers out. You'll see it on the back. Can you explain it? Can you explain to families what actually happens once the school census has been collected? Where the National Pupil Database comes from? Do you know that it's 25 different databases from collections in schools, from children aged 2 to 19, joining up everything from their name, date of birth, all your testing, early years, key stages, all their attainment behaviours, special educational needs, all joined together, all given away by government to commercial companies, researchers, academics and others. We talk about um, emerging technologies. We've got some fascinating things on display today here at the show. We've also got some absolute shocking stories from around the world. Things like um, brain scanners being employed in China. But don't think all the high-tech stuff's in China where there's got even fewer human rights than we have respected here because um, facial recognition, biometrics, um, fingerprinting in schools. We're the world leader, I think, here in the UK. You have normalized the fact that we use fingerprints in schools for library books, for canteen, for cashless payments. Even the US does not use that technology. So we've got lots of case studies and things that we'd like to see avoided. And this is where we're moving towards the better picture we want to see built. What does a day in the life at your school look like? Have you ever thought about it? I was a mother. I still am a mother. But five years ago, knew absolutely nothing about how my child's data was processed in school. I've spent two years mapping it of what this data flows into, across, and out of the education system look like. And I was really pretty horrified once I put this picture together. When you think that by, at the breakfast table, you're getting home school communications on mobile phones saying, don't forget this, something great on, good news, don't forget the homework, kids have maybe got a message on Google Education. 
At uh, 8.30, they're crossing into the school playground, perhaps on a body cam on your local uh, crossing patrol, across into CCTV, across the playgrounds. Lots of controversy right now about how they're being put into school toilets. We've just, in fact, been talking to Jeremy Vine and Mark Lahane was on, talking, obviously, not really understanding how the law works because some of that's deeply invasive and not lawful. Um, By 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, you're back in school, school classroom, you're registered, you're on the Sims register, what does Capita Sims or other companies do with that data? Where does it go? Sitting in the cloud. We've now got millions and millions of children's records sitting with commercial companies. Do you know exactly how they get used? There's very little transparency around it. You're logging on to Google platforms, to Microsoft, to other significant companies. Perhaps you're using a web monitoring software. Some of them are here today. Impero, NetSupport, eSafe, and others. They're monitoring... Everything children type, sometimes matching up to 20,000 keywords from libraries. Did they type cliffs and get flagged as a suicide risk? Did they type black rhinos and get flagged as a potential gang member? If you think they sound absurd, these are two case studies that have come to us this last year where teachers have said, these software have a huge error rate. They create tons of workload, but we've got no transparency how good it is and what it's actually doing. Some of these companies send the data to the states. Some of it are Bahraini-owned. We really need much more transparency around it. Perhaps by one o'clock, you've already logged into an AI platform. Perhaps you're using VR or AR. Some of these collect data locally. Some of them are sending them into the cloud. Some of them might store it forever, anonymize it, they say. It's very hard to anonymize data. Really hard to do it well. So if you've got companies saying to you, in part of your data sharing agreements that you have to click because if you don't click it, you'll get, not get to use the service tomorrow. Be very wary of saying it'll be anonymized. We're using multiple apps in the classroom throughout the day. By the afternoon, they've probably already used the biometrics system for buying their lunch, perhaps using it for borrowing library books. Then again, uh, after school clubs, a lot of them are integrating with your, uh, school's information management systems. Again, leaving school, body cams, CCTV, etc. Going home, they're then logging into the Google Classroom, perhaps may or may not be tracking through YouTube, depending how you've got it set up, um, using the same login system. And all that data then, potentially, the stuff that's been put into the classroom management apps, the the, um, uh, CPOMs and so on and so forth, is then being processed overnight by all these companies. And if once a term you're sending data as you're required to by law to the school census, it's then going to government and they give it away on a daily basis, to thousands of places, and it's not anonymous. Can you explain that to a child? Okay, so there's no requirement to ask for consent to capture a child's biometrics in England, true or false? So we'll say true, don't need to ask for consent. Okay, Scotland, is it true? No requirements to ask for consent? Don't know. So in England and Wales, Children are protected under the Protection of Freedoms Act 2012. A piece of legislation put in with a specific paragraph saying you must have active consent. It's not something you're knocked out of. It's not you have to use this system. We'd really like you to please don't say no. Um, It's you have to get freely given voluntary consent. There can't be, unlike my own daughter, a two-year wait list for her to be able to use the canteen because there was no other system in place. You have to be able to offer an alternative. Scotland and Northern Ireland, 
that piece of legislation doesn't apply. They don't have the same protections. It's one thing we'd like to see change. We'd like UK-wide the same protections for all children to be in place. When we carried out a survey last year, 38% of the parents who said we are using a biometric system in schools said they hadn't been asked for consent. There's a big gap here between what should be happening and what is happening in reality. Children are in school, for the most part, compulsorily. It's not a consensual process. My kids, I'm delighted to say, love going to school. Some children are in much more difficult situations and don't. Or they've got really challenging situations why they're not. So there's lots of reasons that data are collected about children for their welfare, for their well-being. And it's really important that we do it well and safely so they trust coming to school and they keep coming to school. But in other places, they're starting to enforce against GDPR. So Sweden... The Data Protection Commissioner in Sweden has fined a school community in the centre of Sweden uh, almost €20,000 for employing a facial recognition system. It wasn't connected to the internet. They locked it in cabinets overnight. It was ostensibly with consent. The big problem with that, Data Protection Commissioner said, there is no really genuine, freely given consent in a school for something that you're making a requirement to walk in and out of the door with. It's very hard to say you've got consent. It's not a tick box exercise. You can't just sign the piece of paper and say parents have agreed. Consent has to be freely given. France, again, just put a ban in in the south of France for schools um, who adopted facial recognition technology. Lots of debate around this in the public domain at the moment as well. Insufficient organizational and security measures, something that's being picked up in schools in Denmark. New York, the states, has very different laws. And how they manage things is quite interesting because we're not telling our children very much about how their data are processed in schools. We're not very good at it. This form on the right, I know it's a bit small, but you're welcome to get my slides from me afterwards and I'll post them on our website, which you can get from the flyer. If you tell children something simple like, your internet use will be monitored, and you have a company that is collecting every single thing they do on the internet, building a profile, recording that data, potentially putting in flags of terrorism, and then sending that data to the states, this one-liner, I understand my internet will be monitored, is completely inadequate and unlawful processing, both by you and by the company. So we need to fix these things. Children have rights in schools. I love when my kids go to school. My teachers are brilliant. And I've just been on Jeremy Vine saying, uh, although it was about toilet, CCTV, teachers in this country are overstretched, underpaid, undervalued, and really, I think, almost at breaking point sometimes around putting in some technology just because they think it will be a better fix than the shortage of staff you've got right now. Can we put stuff in that has an, an app that does it, that parents can do their own admin because we haven't got back, back office staff anymore? Can we do this classroom monitoring thing because we haven't got a TA anymore? Can we, um, you know, effectively make up for not having humans, enough staff around by technology? We have to make sure that when we're thinking about these things that we're actually realistic about what do they deliver, what do they cost long-term, and they don't erode the fundamental rights to privacy that children have. We want a really drastic rethinking of how we manage this in schools. And we can only do this with your help, actually. So if it's something you think you want to care about, get in touch with us afterwards. Um, 
ask your candidates if you're going to hustings because we think you actually have to change the wide variety of processing that all these companies do on a day-to-day basis, that they are creating their own products out of the children's data, that they're analysing their own data analytics, that they're really going far beyond what you require them to do as a school because you engage that product from a company to deliver part of your public task, part of the education, uh, day-to-day routine activities. That Article 6 GDPR permission under public task does not extend to the company. They don't have a statutory obligation. They can agree with you under contract what they're allowed to do, but it can't go beyond what a processor is allowed to do. If the company starts becoming a data controller, that is, they start deciding how they use the data, how long they keep it, what they use it for, that makes them the data controller. And they have no public task. So what basis in law are they processing on? At the moment, a lot of them, the answer is none, and they're unlawful. So we think we actually need a big revision of reducing back in some of what these companies are doing with children's data in schools, but also building a better system that schools have support to be able to understand how all these systems all work, that you get some of that workload burden taken away from a day-to-day processing basis that you don't have to understand all this data processing going on, that you get an approved list, or that together with your mat or your academy chain or your local authority or whatever else that might look, you understand we've got good, trusted suppliers. We know what they're doing. We have effectively kite-marked them. And it would take away some of that burden that schools have to understand what's going on and give you the clarity and confidence to know that you're processing safely and lawfully. So read more about it if it's something you're interested in. All of these things we've, we've listed out in our brochure um, here. We basically want lifetime accountability for companies because at the moment what happens is a child leaves school at the end of a day and each of those days in the year add up and by the time they leave school at whatever stage it is, primary, secondary, further, they have no idea where their digital footprint has gone. You cannot tell them where their data has been processed, how long they're going to keep it for, what's going to happen next. And the companies and the schools have an accountability obligation. You have to be able to tell people where's their data gone, who's got it, and why, and for how long. And when are they going to destroy it? So we think we have to increase this accountability for a lifetime of data. So finally, don't forget to vote. Ask your candidates about these things if you think it's something that matters. And let's answer your questions. Hi. Hi. I've got two questions, if that's okay. Firstly, you're um, now about maybe getting a, a bit closer a registration yeah. um, of, of kite-marked companies, essentially, to give you a lifetime protection of what they're doing with the data. Do you see that as a reality? Because I'm a data protection officer in education, and everything that you've said to me will make me just sleep a little worse this evening because you've got all the different companies. We've gone from Sims to uh, SchoolPod to RM Integris, where we've got the whole pupil record. It's terrifying as to what they're, what they're going to do with that data and how we can control it. So is that a reality that, you know, there will be a, a registration of providers that we can go to? Do you want me to answer that or do you want to ask the second one? Second one is, I can't wait to re-listen to the Jeremy Vine piece because I want to know the outcome of whether you can put the TV cameras in the toilet and what angle they're on. Thank you. Okay. All right. So did people hear that at the back? It's all right. Okay. Um, so the first question, I think there is the infrastructure isn't there right now. 
We're totally aware of that. But the result of that gap is that you have a real accountability problem in schools. As a data protection officer or your school's governors, you're, you're responsible for the children's data, for telling families and how it works. So we think what you'd like to be able to do is have an A4 piece of paper at the start of the year or electronic and be able to say, here are the 30, 50, however many companies it is, that we're going to send your personal data to from our school's information management system. And here is the data or the types of data that we're going to send them. And you don't get consent, but you get a recognition. Effectively, they say, we acknowledge, we understand that. That's your fair processing obligation fulfilled. You don't need consent because you process on the basis of public task. And we have to, at the same time, ensure the companies all realize that they have to up their game and stop processing for their own purposes. And then you don't, they, then, they then don't need consent because they're contracted to the schools. And is it going to be a massive challenge? Will it happen in reality? I think if it doesn't happen in reality, we'll end up losing more and more trust in the school system. We'll have more breaches. We'll have the CCTV you know, streaming and USTVs like there were in Blackpool schools last year. We're going to have enforcement action. Um, some of the things that we're working on. We have parents come to us and say we really dislike XYZ app uh, or platform and we're really unconcerned about where the data's going. Um, Something's got to give. It's not a sustainable model at the moment and that's what we're trying to build. We haven't got the infrastructure right now. We have to see how it could be done but it definitely needs oversight from somewhere and I think it should be better regional than it it would be national. I mean, I think we lost, to be honest, some of the the oversight and the support perhaps from local authorities that you once had. People that used to be expert in DPAs have gone. I mean, we've just lost a dearth of knowledge. It's going to take time, but I think there's not... I'm, I'm delighted if you had another alternative, but I don't think we've got a better model right now. Yeah, if there's no more questions, I'll go on straight on to the CCTV. So, um, so yeah, CCTV in, in toilets. So if you want to get to real nitty-gritty, the European Data Protection Board has put out a very good document on video surveillance and the data protection implications of it. And its case study in that document is don't put uh, CCTV in toilets. It's an invasion of privacy. It's a step too far. It's not necessary. You have a, a necessity test in data protection legislation. You must be able to prove it was necessary, that there was no other alternative method for achieving your aim and that this data collection was necessary and proportionate to that. So we're actually carrying out a survey right now of London schools. We've got answers back from about 120 primaries and nurseries. None of them say, and it's an anonymous survey, um, genuinely, so none of them say they're processing with CCTVs in toilets or bathrooms. They do at the entrance halls. I think there's a real big risk in some of this at the moment that we sort of normalise the idea that we have to watch everything all the time, otherwise we're liable for a problem. I think we're so risk-averse right now, and I understand why, but it's got to the point where there's no evidence, genuine evidence, measured evidence, from companies that provide these services that it genuinely solves the problem that you're trying to fix. It gives you other headaches because you then have the potential of risks, you know, of breaches, misuse, people watching it when they shouldn't be, or it's stored and retention and lost. Um, the installation of the cameras in secret in London recently. Um, we've got cameras going into schools, you know, that are being 360-degree cameras going into every classroom. 
ostensibly for teacher training. So it's filming you, recording voice, both teachers and pupils, being played back for teacher training. But that's a very slippery slope into teacher control as far as I'm concerned. I mean, what could be better? What would be a better way of measuring your progress eight if we get rid of all the detailed testing? We just watch the teachers. I mean, there's a real slippery slope in some of this. So CCTV and toilets for us is a complete no. Um, it should be very proportionate, very necessary, and pass that necessity test. And your data protection impact assessment should show that, should demonstrate that. Um, and especially when you're processing a lot of children uh, at high volumes, you certainly need to carry one out. Not yet. So the question's on... Uh, it's because we've got a survey going of primary nurseries and we've got responses back from secondary schools around CCTV and, and toilets. And obviously the concerns, the concerns are around bullying, uh, mess, uh, violence, uh, damage and all those things. We haven't in our survey yet. Um, and I know it's common. Um, I know people talk about it. I think sometimes, though, there is also this idea that because it's become normalised, that it, the idea that it's common is actually more common than reality that they're not installed in toilets, that they are in the hallways, that they might be in a hallway close to the toilet, but they're not actually in the bathrooms. And I think people are starting to think, oh, other people are doing it, I need to be doing it too. There's almost this fear of missing out. Um, so this is why we're trying to get a baseline right now of are people actually doing it. But I would say the solution to some of these big social problems are not zero tolerance. That's a personal, private view of mine. It's not more authoritarian watching and surveillance. It's certainly not done through technology. It's done through people. And I think the teaching profession needs you know, more funding and more staff to be able to have those trusted relationships in schools between you and your pupils that if there is a problem, it's nipped in the bud. We're not going to solve bullying. There's always been bullying. I remember as a six-year-old, one of my friends was <laughs> literally, I think about it now, was being asked for, you know, uh, pocket money for, for sweets after school by the nine-year-old, as it was then. Um, but, but she could go to the head and say this was happening, and it stopped. I know that's a simple scenario, but some of this is not going to solve itself, but it's not going to be solved by technology. Just by watching that doesn't do anything. You have to then understand who's watching it. Is he actually going to get enforcement out of it? Is anyone going to take any action? And what, how do you get a culture change if it really is a significant problem? Nothing else? Nothing tough? I think we've run over time anyway. A <laughs> little bit. Okay. Well, listen, if you've got other questions you think about, I'm here. Um, come and ask. Otherwise, it'll be great. We've got uh, flyers. Take them away. And uh, thanks for coming. Don't forget to register for your free place at our upcoming show in London on www.schoolsandacademiesshow.co.uk.